0: I was talking to one of my good friends who's an advisor. And do you remember growing up hearing that expression, just have your people talk to my people? We used to laugh about it when we were kids because it seemed like, you know, a very rich person was just too busy and they had all these quote unquote people like, Oh, you're so important that you have these people. So I was talking to this advisor And, you know, we're just talking about how frustrating it can be when you're talking to a business owner uh, to potentially hopefully bring them in and they say, talk to my people. So I just wanted to talk about that concept today because my philosophies have changed dramatically over time. I think how I was trained in this industry, you know, my training was very much get to the owner, get to the business owner, get to the highest, most powerful person in that company put in as much face time with them as possible. And um, then you'll always be okay because if you have the owner's relationship, then no matter what, if the plan administrator or the employees are unhappy with the insurance company or unhappy with the rates, as long as you got the owner, then that's good. So that's how I was trained. But over time, especially as I've become a business owner myself, I've actually come to a very different conclusion And that conclusion is very much that you have to be flexible. And I'll give you an example. You know, there's so many companies in my life where we watch the company grow, grow from this founder-led, owner-operator type small business into a medium-sized business that has more employees, less time is, um, you know spent with the owner themselves to a very large company and a jumbo company whereby the owner is just doing something completely different or maybe the owner has sold their company and they're not there anymore. And so I'm very outcome oriented now. I think before I used to really scratch my head when we would lose an account and an owner would be um involved and the advisor would go back to the owner and say, Well what happened? I thought we were good. Oftentimes the owner would say, Well my HR Manager found a better rate and I have to support them. Or they'll say, Well, I sold the company and there's really nothing I can do. This is just going with the new company. Or it could be that the owner really didn't like something and wasn't able to tell you to your face. So um in terms of outcomes, I think it's so important to not just have time with the owner, but to also work with everybody else who's important at that table. So the controller, the CFO, the office manager, the HR advisor. And the reason why that's important is because as the business grows, the owner needs these people. Um, I want to talk to you about a concept in EOS. EOS stands for Entrepreneurs Operating System. And we use this in our business to keep us on track. So there is a concept called the visionary versus the integrator dynamic. Visionary type personalities are typically entrepreneurs who have this great vision, have 20 ideas. Um, their pace of change is often too fast for their team and for other people. These are the types of people where people say, well, you're, you're crazy, like how can you think that? But then they also are the brain maker. They have great relationships, they have important relationships. They're the champion of the culture and the values, very inspiring, very motivating, but can get very distracted, can get very bored. Sometimes can behave as if they have ADHD and also um, sometimes they themselves are not able to say no. Sometimes they themselves need protection from themselves. They need protection from their desire to change the world all the time. Because if we're talking about a small detail or if we're talking about a detail in the company that isn't about changing the world, sometimes those visionaries just try to make it about changing the world inadvertently because that's how they think and that's how they are. So um, so they often bring people around them to number one, help keep the P and L statement on track. Number two, use more logic and less emotions in making decisions. And number three, to actually say no to them. They bring people in not to be yes people. They bring them in to say, no, like these 20 ideas are not all doable this year. We can pick one and execute that successfully, but we cannot do more than that. So um, in my life, I think as an, when I was a benefits rep, and I was working with advisors, and I saw that, um, you know, if we were kind of pushed down—not pushed down, but like if we're talking to the owner and they say, "Well, okay, talk to my HR manager," talk to the HR manager—we feel like we're going nowhere. We would go back to the owner oftentimes, but when you actually look at the outcome, that didn't help necessarily. I think owners are nice people, they like to keep relationships. Sometimes they don't maybe care about the relationship, but I found that it wasn't always the case whereby going back to the owner helped get us the outcome we were looking for. In fact, oftentimes when we found um, an integrator type personality, or like a number two, the HR controller, et cetera, who was brought around the founder to protect them from <laughs> you know bad decisions or maybe spending too much, we're going places that's not appropriate for the company. If they started off disliking us, it was really our job to have those people work with us and like us. And so we had to work very hard, but then once you get over that stumbling block without having to go back to the owner, it can be magical. When I became the employer in my business and the business owner, I saw this, I see this actually every single day. And I'm going to tell you from my perspective how frustrating it is where um, people, including vendors, I guess I'm just going to define people as like any person that is on the receiving end of money that I control. So that could be vendors, that could be employees, that could be um, insurance companies, whatever. So I find I'm dragged into discussion so often because I believe that And I used to believe I used to be the opposite person and say, well, FaceTime with the owner is important. And if we're getting a no, then we just need to get to the owner to say yes. But I'm telling you it is so distracting in my business. If I am trying to move the needle forward, if I'm trying to make big changes every time somebody brings something to my attention, that's actually doesn't belong to me. It belongs to somebody who I pay pretty well to do as their job. I just want to delegate and forward it back to that person where it is their job to actually look after. And I've become frustrated over time when, you know, first time it happens, fine, no worries. I mean, maybe we had the original relationship, but the second time it happens, that's when I kind of pause and I say, so this behavior tells me that you don't, not only do you not want to work with the person I've asked you to work with, do you not trust me to bring the right people around me? You know, it's almost like a very subtle insult to the owner to say, Well, I don't want to work with this person. And what the owner sometimes doesn't say, but wants to say is, I am not able to work with you. I'm not able to spend the time with you that you want from me. In fact, the less time I have with all of these parties that want to take up so much of my time, the happier I am. And so really in our industry, no news to the owner really truly is good news. Good news means I'm, you know, for all owners really want is to be on a deserted Island and have you know, somebody send them an email once a week saying, here are five numbers in your business that tell you that the business is doing well. They don't want to be copied on emails. They don't want to be dragged into the renewal and why the renewal is in 15% increase or a hundred percent increase. That's why they hire people. And I'm telling you, it's exhausting for owners to be involved in every single discussion. In fact, if you, now you might say, well, I sold it to the owner originally, so that's my original contact. You've got to be very careful. If the owner is a visionary type personality, they're going to be distracted. So the first 90 days, they'll be great, but then after that, their boredom level starts to kick in and they want to be doing something different. However, if they're more of an integrator type personality, meaning they are detail oriented, happy to work with logic, emotion, not no emotion, cares about the profit and loss statement, can say no... Um, That personality type is fine to continue to work with. And I think it's just interesting and you've got to sense the personality type. You have to also sense of the growth trajectory of the business. So let's say owner operator, maybe 10 or 20 employees. It's a trades company or it's a you know white-collar company, and it looks like they pretty much always have the same number of employees all the time. That's different from an an employer who starts with seven employees and then, in five years, now has a hundred, and then another five years from now has a thousand employees. Like that's a very different situation. That's a different owner personality, and you know you could get face time in with the second situation, but more increasingly you're going to have to work with the people they bring in. The other thing I notice is that I hear some advisors kind of speak um, about the plan administrators in a way that, you know, it's, it's not like they're talking about the owner. So for example, they'll say, oh, the owner had me talk to their, you know, entry-level benefits administrator, and I don't know why this person is so new, they don't know what they're doing, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that person is actually your new boss, whether you know it or not. It, the sooner you accept, that that entry level plan administrator is not just your boss, but they're going to be in charge of this department because of succession planning. And it could happen sooner than you think, then the sooner you'll actually be able to just get out of the way of trying to social climb that business and just behave in a way that works best for the client, meaning delivering upon what they need, bringing them the lowest premiums in the marketplace. So um, I hope I haven't you know, made you jaded from actually trying to continue to talk to owners. I think it's fine, but please do not get offended if owners ask you to talk to their team. In fact, it's a compliment. It's a compliment because they could have shut you down right away, but you know, asking you to talk to their team, yes, it can sound and feel like a very quick way to get rid of you. But if they're serious about you, that just means that they don't have time themselves to do the digging and the detail work on vetting whether you're an appropriate vendor or not. And so if they have respect for your relationship and they've sent you to talk to one of their quote unquote people, and those quote unquote people are getting back to you, that's a really good sign. So please be patient. Um, I say patient because, you know, some deals I've seen being worked on, some deals took eight years to get. Other deals have taken 11. I mean, when people say there's like a three to six month sales cycle, I think that's great, but there's nothing wrong with having a three year sales cycle, a 10 year sales cycle. And I think in our business, because it's so sticky as a product, um, it is okay to have those long sales cycles to be patient and to work with the people that you have been provided. So thanks so much for listening. My name is Yaffa Sakaja. You can find Benaplan at Benaplan.ca and you can follow us on LinkedIn, social media, or send me an email to yaffa at beneplan.ca. Thanks so much.